Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. Hi, welcome to Grace Point. My name is Naya Smith. I'm from Seoul, Korea. Uh, we moved to Nurses, Arkansas three years ago and became a church member last year. Today, I'm going to read um, Psalm 119, verses 104 to 105 in my mother language in Korean. Um, 주의 교훈으로 내가 지혜를 얻었으므로 내가 거짓된 행위를 다 미워합니다. 주의 말씀은 나를 안내하는 등불이며 내 길을 비춰주는 빛입니다. 시편 119, 104에서 105. This is words from God. Thank you, Nayi. Thank you. Y'all can be seated. I love hearing Nayi. I love I love getting to know her and her heart as she was sharing with me earlier how she's been praying for her family. She grew up from a, 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 a in a more of a Buddhist kind of background and to be able to see how she has prayed and this summer the Lord has brought her sister to faith in Christ back in Korea. So let's give another round of praise to the Lord for that answering prayer along the way. She represents again a a 82 million people in the world who speak Korean, uh, 51 different countries around the world and 1.4 5% of North Koreans know Jesus. The rest do not. They live in a world of darkness. And so we definitely need to see this as an opportunity to alert ourselves to other cultures and peoples of the world and how the Bible can make a difference in their life. To welcome to Grace Point, if you're first time with us or just trying us out online today or, or maybe you're moving new to the area, uh, we are in a series of messages in the Psalms. We have been in the Psalms all summer. We're going to continue in the Psalms till the end of August, but we're going to be in a series within a series in the book of Psalms. And so find your Bibles and find Psalms. Psalm 119. Uh, You'll find very quickly, if you scroll through those uh, verses, that there's 176 verses. The largest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119, and we're all going to read it together right now. Not. Uh, That would take the entire time to read that. But it's an incredible psalm. When you understand it and how it is packaged, how it is this acrostic uh, a poem that is written in uh, literally taking the Hebrew alphabet and putting it into 22 different stanzas, because there's 22 different characters in the Hebrew alphabet, starting with Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalid, Hay, and working its way all the way through the, uh, the Hebrew alphabet, leading up every stanza, every of, of the 22 stanzas, every stanza has eight verses. It's literally this beautifully systematized, uh, this, uh, this a poem that is put together that is communicating something. Even if it's put together, it's not accidental, it's intentional. And it is symmetrical. It is this beautiful poem that is put together to communicate a very important message. As just as comprehensive as every single letter of the Hebrew alphabet is covered, so it is trying to say this 
to us today. It is trying to say that this content, what is in, inside this content, is a complete and sufficient message. Now, when you read through Psalm 119, you'll find very quickly that the message of Psalm 119 is the Word of God. That is the, the, the law. It uses a lot of different phrases, and we'll get to those in just a moment. But it is really coming down to the Bible that we hold. It is that, it is that, that scriptures that, that has built the foundations of our faith and the faith of so many generations. And it is all packaged and affirmed in Psalm 119, the largest chapter in the middle of the Bible. And it is there for us to compute, communicate the sufficiency of the scriptures in our life. Uh, this is what C.H. Spurgeon said about Psalm 119. He said, this Psalm is called the alphabet of divine love. The paradise of all doctrines, the storehouse of the Holy Spirit, the school of truth, also the deep mystery of scriptures, where the whole moral discipline of all the virtues shines brightly. That is a, that's a mouthful. And to think about the word of God being that full and complete is something that we need to anchor ourselves to. And so I, I hold in my hands my Bible, my Bible. It is the inspired, it is the, uh, in, it is the indestructible, it is the, uh, the, it is the irreplaceable word of God. It, it, it everything that is, is written in it is, it, is true. And, and that I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Uh, and I can do what it says I can do. Today, we will hear a message from God's word. I hope and pray that your mind is attentive, that your heart is receptive, and that you will never, no, never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. I want us to say this together out loud, okay? If you have your Bibles, I don't care if it's a tablet, it's a phone, whatever, uh, take it out and let's hold it up. This is my Bible. It is inspired, instructable, and irreplaceable Word of God. What it says I am, I have what it says I have, I can do what it says I can do. Today, we will hear a message from God's Word. My mind is receptive, my heart is receptive, sorry. I will never, no, never, ever be the same again. Clearly, I need to work on that myself, but let us make it a declaration. And through the month of August, we're going to say this again and again and again, not to just drive it into your head, but to drive it into your heart, that you hold, you carry, that you, that, that we don't just have an ancient book of old stories, that we have the inspired. Word of God, that it's indestructible, and they have tried to destroy it through the, through, the, through the centuries. And it is irreplaceable. We don't need another prophet. We don't need another revelation. This is the final and complete revelation of God. And I pray that whenever we go through the Psalm 119, you will find it to be true. Because here's what. I said that you will be hearing a message from God's Word. Why do I emphasize that? Because I can't inspire you. Some people go looking for churches to look for inspirational messages. Sorry, I'm not that good and I'm not that smart. In fact, I am a dyslexic from a broken home who barely made it out of high school, but I have spent my life seeking to know God's word deeply, seeking to study it thoroughly. 
wanting to preach it and teach it passionately and live it out completely. That has been my desire. And I hope over, over the past 33 years of trying to do that, that today and this series in this series will hopefully ignite a fire into you about the power of God's word. So let's try it again. Let's see if I can do better. Hold your Bibles up. This is my Bible. It is the inspired, instructable <laughs> word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught word of God. My heart is receptive and I will never, no, never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Whenever you look through Psalm 119, all 176 verses. Now you got to understand, whenever you're preparing a message series and you've got 176 verses to break down, that's quite a bit because you've got to get your arms around it first. Before you start looking at the micro, you've got to look at the macro. And so I step back and multiple times, I can't tell you the number of times in translation I've been reading through in one setting, 176 verses, looking for those consistent... What what is this poetic uh, story being told here? What is the challenge of, of, of Psalm 119? And I landed on a consistent theme in multiple verses that we're called to read it. We're called to read God's Word. We're called to delight in God's Word. We're called to meditate on God's Word. And we're called to live in step with God's Word. And I hope when you read through that, when you read through Psalm 119, that you will see the same thing. That you will say, is, is my life in, in step with it? And well, first of all, am I, am I consuming my, my mind with it? Let's reverse engineer this. Well, have I found delight in it? Well, sometimes you won't define delight in it until you've taken time to read it. I really struggled with whether or not I should put delight first or read it first. But you can't, if you've not experienced it and all of its power and all of its indestructibility and all its irreplaceable placeability and all of its inspiration, then you really can't uh, appreciate the beauty and the power there within. So when you look at this, I want us to look at this series of messages and we're going to look at each one of those, how we're going to read it today. What does it mean to read God's word, to learn God's word, to study God's word, to dive deep into side, inside of God's word? Next week, we're going to talk about delighting in it. What does it mean to consume it in such a way that you can't get enough of it, that you look forward to getting back to it, that you want to carry it with you. So therefore what you do is you meditate on it and you do carry it with you throughout the day. And then because it is so much truth that you've got to live in step with it. You will want to. It's not a religious order that you've got to live up to, but it is a lifestyle that you're going to walk in and live in. And I pray that through the next four weeks, you will get that. And then on the last week in, in the month of August, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but we're going to have a surprise. It's going to be a special moment to understand the entirety of Scripture in one message. We'll say that until then. Let's talk about reading it. What do we understand about studying and learning and diving into it? What, what is it that, that is inside of this? There's two words that I want you to hang your hat on today. Of, of, of the why. Why should I read it, study it, uh, spend time with it, massaging it? It's because of its instruction and because of its illumination. 
Because of its instruction, because of its illumination. Let's talk about instruction first of all. The Bible is my teacher. That's why we said earlier that my mind is attentive. My heart is receptive. Because if it's going to teach me, then I'm going to be a student of it. Okay, I'm going to want to know. I'm going to do the hard work of, of, of getting behind the words. I'm going to get behind the paragraphs. I'm going to get behind the narrative. And I want to understand it because I am going to be a student of it. Now, this is not something that's, that's new to us. If you're looking for that inspirational message, you're not going to get it from me unless you get it from God's word through me. But here's the truth is you don't need me. I know that's not job security statement, but you don't need me. You have the word of God that's inspired, that's indestructible, that's irreplaceable. You have this, and if you have this, then you have the counsel of God. If you have this, then you have the wisdom of God. We go out and pay big money for a life coach. We go out and pay a lot of money for counseling, and I'm all for that. We go out and get educations. That's, that's very important. But if I really want to be a student of anything, first and foremost is a student of God's Word. Where do I get that it's inspired? It's not just inspiring, but it is inspired. Well, you go to the New Testament, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Now, in some translations, that literally says inspired. It's all Scripture is inspired. But what, what the ESV does is it translates that just so you get it, that when it says it was inspired, it's saying that God breathed it into the heart of the writers. He breathed it into their soul, into their minds. Now, just imagine with me for a moment. What does that look like for God to inspire 40 different authors over 1,500 years, over three different continents, and yet there's one story there's one gospel, there's one hero that we find in all of that outside of God inspiring men and women, outside of God working through the hearts of people. Yes, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for what? For teaching. Now there's other words to that and we'll come back to that in the weeks ahead. But what happens then? That the man of God may be complete Man or woman of God equipped in every good work. So let's reverse engineer this. Let's just go to the last part of that. What I, what's it going to take for me to be complete? Get you a life coach. Okay. What's it going to take for me to, to be ready for every good work that what comes out of me is what is good? Get you a counselor. That's okay. Or and, or and, take the word of God and let the word of God speak into your life in all of its power. What, what David does when he's writing this psalm in this, again, uh, incredible way is he literally calls in prayer to God to teach him. Notice all of the times that he calls to God to teach him. Graciously teach me your law. Teach me your judgments and knowledge. Teach me your rules. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes. Again, teach me, O oh Lord, the way of your statutes. He is constantly calling out to God. I want to be a student. I need instruction from your word, oh God. 
Now, there's a lot of different words in there. He says law at one time, judgment another time, rules at another. You look in the scripture, you look in Psalm 119, there are nine different words that, that, that David will use to describe what we call the Bible. Nine different words. Now, they all have different nuances. 24 times he calls it the law, eight times the way, 13 times the promise. You get the picture. There's a lot of different words that he's using. Each one of these words has a different nuance to them. If, for example, the word, the, word, uh, com, uh, the word law means final authority. God, I need a final authority in my life. There's lots of choices out there. There's lots of options out there. I need a final authority. I, the Republicans are saying this. The Democrats are saying this. The judges are saying this. I need a final authority in my life. Well, that's what the Word of God is. I, I, I need the commands of God. I need to have direction. And by the way, I know a lot of us want to push back on commands and the whole concept of commands, but really this word is uh, the idea of a divine direction, that the God of the universe has a direction for your life and he puts guardrails in place so that you don't mess up again and again and again. So what he does is he puts these guardrails in place so that you can live. In fact, that's the way First John says it. His commandments are not burdensome. We need to erase from our memory the lie that God's commands are there as a cosmic killjoy. He's actually trying to put us on the best path of our life. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book on the Psalms, it is grace to know God's commands. They release us from self-made plans and conflicts. They make our steps certain and our way joyful. Precepts is another word, 21 different times, 300 times in the Old Testament. It means to attend to someone with care. You need a counsel? You need a friend? You need somebody to walk with you and to help you navigate moral choices, ethical choices, things that you've got to sort through in life, there's no better friend than the precepts of God. So when I say, hey, God, I need a teacher, I need a coach, I need a counselor, my first place to look is the Word of God. All the others are secondary. My besties, BFFs, okay, they're out there and they're valuable. But my number one and first and foremost is the Word of God. And I want Him to teach me. Lord, teach me your precepts. Lord, teach me your commands. Lord, teach me your ways. As that's exactly what David prays again and again. So, if we're being taught, where's the classroom? The classroom is at least in two places. You could probably come up with more, but I'm going to give you two today. And let's just focus on the two. One is in personal reading. You alone, in silence and solitude, with an open Bible, a, a pen, a journal, and i got to have a cup of coffee. All of that lined up, and you dive in, in a space to listen to the voice of God. Personally reading, personally digesting, not microdosing. So many people microdose today. They get Jesus calling. They get my utmost for his highest. They get these little devotionals that throw in one little verse and a whole lot of commentary, and they call that the time in the word. Listen, that's microdosing on God. If I'm going to be a student of his word, 
I'm going to get into his word. I'm going to spend time in his word. I'm going to sort it out. Okay? Now, we've done this so many times before, and I want us to do it again today, is I want us to understand, where are we? Where am I in the study of God's Word? Because here's two primary reasons why people don't read the Bible. One is they don't hunger for it, and we'll talk about that next week. Two is they don't understand it. And maybe two becomes before one, and one becomes, I don't know. But it's really this, it's like, I don't hunger for it. I'd rather get some bite size of something else from somebody else, some motivational speaker, or I don't understand it. It's so archaic. Here's one of the things that we're going to be doing in the fall. This is a new level of discipleship that we're leading our church towards. And here's what you're going to, you're getting to be the first to hear it, the first to sign up for it, the first to be a part of this, and that we're kicking off Disciple University. Now it is a deeper version. We want this to be a college level course that we're going to start offering courses like this that you can be a part of if you're like, I'm tired of microdosing, I need to go deeper, but I don't know how, I don't even know how to study the scriptures, here's an opportunity for you to jump in. Lori is going to be teaching this one, uh, and she's got a master's degree in theology, and so she's, got, she's been to uh, Southwestern, uh, Southeastern Seminary, and she's going to teach this to our church for those who sign up. If you're interested in it, I'm not going to twist anybody's arm, because here's what we're going to challenge you. It's going to be challenging. It's nine weeks. It's ongoing. It's one of these things that we want you to, those who want to go deeper in God's word, this is your opportunity. You can scan that QR code and jump in and be a part of it. But here's what I want us to also understand is that there's a lot of people who don't read God's word or read it in short doses. I want you to think with me about how often you read God's word. Since you've got your phones already out and scan QR codes and all that kind of stuff, I want you to answer this question. Text it in to GPC or Grace Point 283. Okay, that's a different than normal. Grace Point 283. You're going to text it in. Well, there it goes. Um, it'll be back up in a minute. Uh, to 2333. All right? So you're going to text in your answers. Is this seven days a week? Do you read it five days a week? Do you read it three days a week? Do you read it one day a week? And I give you the one when it's in this room. If you've read, even read a verse on the scripture today, then that counts. Or if you're like zoned out already on your, uh, your, your threads account or, or, or shopping online, you, don't get a, you get a zero for the day. How often do you read God's word? I want you to reply to this. We take an ongoing survey like this on a regular basis. I want to see where we're at as a church. Because it is important, and we'll come back with the results on that next week. But there's not only the private reading, there's the public reading. And this is important. What we're doing in this room right now, why did I have you hold up your Bible? And again, I stumbled through it myself, but I'm going to get it right before the end of it. It'll take me a month, but I'll get there. But when I say today, you will hear a message from God's Word. Today, is your heart receptive? Is your mind attentive? Are you there? Because I want you to understand that I have nothing to say to you of any value whatsoever that does not come from this book right here. In fact, when you think about the scriptures, 
The, the Bible encourages us to come together to read it. In Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. You want to grow your faith? You better have the word of God as a part of the equation. And you better be listening to it on a regular basis. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 says, devote yourself. Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. What we're doing, this, please, whenever you get that next invitation by your friends or whatever to go off somewhere, listen, once you say this, you know what? Today, Sunday, is a special day for me. I devote the first day out of every week to being under the teaching of God's Word because it's that important that I'm devoted to it and I'm not going to let anything else come between me and my time in the Word. If we started reprioritizing our life, what would that do? You notice that even in the first and earliest church in Acts chapter 2, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is not a laissez-faire, if I'm saying that right, relationship with God's Word. This is not do it when you want to, this is something that I'm doing privately. This is something that I'm doing publicly. This is something that I'm devoted to. If I want to be like Jesus, you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to become a student of Jesus. And when I become a student of Jesus, I will look like Jesus when it's all said and done. And I get Jesus from this book right here. I understand Jesus from this book. Luke chapter 6, verse 40 says, The disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. If I'm a disciple of Jesus, I ought to be looking, listening, leading, loving a bit more like Jesus every day of my life. How do I get to look, listen, lead, and love a bit more like Jesus every day of my life? I'm going to be in his word privately. I'm going to be in his word publicly. I'm going to listen to the word of God. I'm going to have my mind attentive, my heart receptive, and I am never, no, never, ever going to be the same again. Why should I read God's word? Because it is my instruction. It is what changes my life, puts my life on a better path. Number two, it's illumination. The Bible is my light, therefore I have clarity. Okay, now literally, when you think about this right here, you think about the decisions, the hard decisions that you have to make in life. I want to give you three very important words that you're going to need to put in your lexicon of vocabulary as you think about becoming a student of the Bible into the future. Because this is very important, okay? These three words. One is revelation. Revelation speaks of what we have in our Bible. God gave us his revelation. Okay? 66 books, signed, sealed, delivered. Again, people have tried to chip away, cut, cut away, do away with so much of this book. But when we understand that his revelation to us is here, you don't need another prophet. I only have what this book has, okay? I'm only passing on the word of God to you, not Mike McDaniel's prophecies, okay? Revelation, what I have in the Bible. Second word is inspiration. How did we get the Bible? When we understand, again, that over three continents, 
40 different writers, men and women contributing to the scriptures, different tribes, different tongues, different languages. All that happens together to create one story that we can anchor our life to for centuries now, for millennium now, we have an incredible book. Because the Bible doesn't contradict itself in, in ethically, theologically, doctrinally, historically, scientifically, philosophically, and morally. It is one continuous story. Are there complexities to it? Are there nuances? Are there things that we understand? Are there interpretive issues? 100%. But we have a book that we can anchor ourselves to. Revelation is God revealing himself to us. He does it in a way that is through inspiration. He gave it to these various authors across all this land and time and and sea and, and, and continents. All of that so that we can walk up, wake up every morning and seek the illumination from God's word. That I have this revealed truth of God, that I have this inspired truth of God, that when I open it, that God is going to illuminate himself and about himself, about me, about his plan for my life. And that's what the value and the power of this book brings. What is this book? What are your, your, your days in Psalms been for you? What have you learned about God that you didn't know? What have you learned about yourself? What's he told you to do from that? Look at Psalm 119, verse 105. Probably one of the more popular passages, and it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Listen, there's lots of decisions that we have to make every single day, Right? There's lots of things that you've got to sort through and try to figure out what's right, what's wrong. And listen, what the Word of God is there to do is to light the path for us so that we will have clarity in where our next step is. So that's why I always come back. What's your next step of obedience? What, is, what have you learned about God today? What have you learned about yourself today? What have you learned about your next step of obedience? And you're not, you're not going to get it from my voice. You're going to get it from the still small voice in your heart as the word of God is spoken as you read it. Whenever I pray with anybody about what God's will is for your life, I prayed for, for, for a family just yesterday about some big decisions that they're making in their life and they're sorting it out. I pray Proverbs 4.18 for them. So much a consistent prayer of mine that God would, that, 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 that the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter as the day is full. That I realize this, that as I walk with Jesus, as I walk inside his truth, that the light comes on. Clarity is there. So I'm instructed through God's word. I'm illuminated through God's word. I need to dive into his word. Listen, some people have given education a hard time because they took the Bible out of the school. What really concerns me is the Christians who've taken the Bible out of their home. That bothers me. How it sits on a shelf and is never broken in the week. Or we might remember it on Sunday to bring it. Listen, that is disconcerting. Barna did a study a few years ago and found that Mormons are more likely to read the Bible weekly than Christians are. That's a sad reality. We are missing the truth 
the revelation, the final revelation, the inspired revelation, where God illuminates our paths if we do not crack this book, study it publicly and privately in our homes. When you look at these 22 stanzas, you look at these 22 stanzas, eight different verses in each one of these stanzas, trying to understand them, trying to unpack them, and trying to see what does the Word of God do in my life? I'm going to rapid fire 22 answers to that one question. I will not have time to d- dive into it, so take notes quickly. Number one, blessing. God gives us blessing. When you look in the very first words, you look at the very first book of the Bible, in the very first chapters, God blesses his creation. When you look at, in, in the very first words of, of, of Psalm 1, you find where God is about blessing. When you read the Sermon on the Mount, God is about the blessing. When you read the Word of God, it is about the blessing. It's about his pathways that he's wanting to lead us on. How does a young man keep his way pure? How does he keep it on the right track? How, how do I know the right way I'm supposed to go in this moral, decadent world? I live according to his word. Where do I find wisdom? How, how am I going to find the answers to life's biggest questions? God, open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things in your law. Notice the different words, the different nuances for the same descriptor uh, of the Bible. It gives us strength. Strengthen me according to your word. Pleasure. I will take pleasure in it. It gives me love. I understand the steadfast love of God through the, the scriptures. Hope, it gives me hope. Your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. Whenever you feel hopeless, turn to God's word for hope. It shows me the path to favor, your favor with my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promises. You know, how do I know where God's favor is? I know his promises and his promises guide me to his favor. Discernment, man, the decisions that we got to make day in and day out. The black and the white, sometimes we don't have a hard time with. I say sometimes, sometimes we do. It's the gray. What do I need? I need discernment. Teach me good judgment, God. Influence. Gives me the ability to influence others just as Nay has, has influenced her family and is influencing them to come to faith in Christ. And so, again, the prayers turn to me. Have others turn to me so that I can explain their testimonies. The vitality that comes through the Word of God. Your instruction has been my delight in the midst of the afflictions of my world. God, your word has given me vitality. It's savory. I love this. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We'll deal with that in delight next week. Illumination, we just dealt with that. Awe of God. Have you lost your awe of God? Have you lost the wonder of God? Are you, are you kind of bored with God? I want to tell you, open God's word. Tremble in awe of you, God. Truth, again, in a, in a relativistic world, we need to know what is right, what is wrong. And it's not shaped by politicians. It's not shaped by our social medias. It's not ch- shaped by chat GPT. It is shaped by the word of God. Let us, let the truth of God shape us. Conviction. Conviction is what we need to have backbone to our yes and to our no. Make my steps steady through your promise.
fire. It puts a zeal inside of you. Jeremiah even talks about the word of God being like a fire in his bone. Intimacy with God comes through the word of God. Salvation comes through the word of God. Consistent communion with God comes through the word of God. And I want to emphasize this. Notice how often is David spending time in the presence of God? Seven times a day. The monastic lifestyle is alive and well in David's life. That he is constantly pulling aside, constantly going back to his word, constantly remembering, constantly leading him to worship and praise. Seven times a day. There's answer to prayer. Let my plea come from you. Deliver me according to your word. Everything that we just talk about, this long list, if you will, of, uh, of, of, of the impact that God's word makes on our life, all of this happens when we're in God's word. And God's word is in us. Let your, read God's word and let God's word read you so that you are living in this reality. Now, what you could do is you could say, if I'm not in God's word, I will not know the blessing. I will not know the pathway. I will not know God's wisdom. I will not know his strength. I will not know his pleasure. You can reverse it. Do you know the word of God in such a way that it forever changes you? I was just thinking in preparation for this series, and I think I can honestly, honestly say this. That since I've been walking with God and since about, I don't know, 38, maybe 40 years of my life that I've been seeking to be in his word, I can't think of a single decision, especially of magnitude, that I can't anchor back to God's word. But I can even go to the micro decisions of the everyday life. Just about two weeks ago, I had an opportunity in front of me and I wanted it, that opportunity. I justified that opportunity. I had money for that opportunity. I, I had, again, justified it in my mind. And I was about to pull the trigger. And God reminded me of a little verse in the Psalms that took me back from our times of reading it as a church. That took, us back, took me back to the simple question, does this bring glory to me? Oh, the glory thing. And God just reminded me of that verse. I backed out and listened, my friends, I have no regret. No regret. I think about a time not too many years ago, that I had suicidal thoughts. And I was thinking about it. And then God led me to John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I'm going to preach a message on John 10, 10 in a few weeks. So it's a little bit more real to me right now. And I said, I cannot let Satan steal, kill, and destroy. I think about the time when Lori and I were living in the early 20s of our marriage and we had a family and living the suburban life, if you will, and God sent a Ugandan missionary 
who literally served under Idi Amin, literally ran from Idi Amin in the middle of the night when his troops were coming to his house. And he opened up the book of Habakkuk. When's the last time you read the book of Habakkuk? He shared one verse. And that one verse has stuck with Lori and I, and it has changed the trajectory of our entire marriage and life and thoughts and values. Habakkuk 1.5. Look among the nations. Watch and be utterly amazed. I am going to do a work in your days that you would not believe even if I told you. That verse changed us. My friends, this book is more than a book. It is the Bible. It is inspired. It is indestructible. It is irreplaceable. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, you have heard a message from the Bible, God's Word. I hope your mind has been attentive. I hope your heart has been receptive. Because if it has, you will never, no, never, ever be the same again. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to be still for just a moment. And I want you to think about what has God showed you about himself today? What has God showed you about you today? What has God given you as your next step of obedience? That's your next move right now. Father God, don't let us be the same. Don't let us be casual. Don't let us hear God's word. And as the seed that falls on the rocky ground, the sun comes up, or as the seed that falls in the shallow earth and the, and the, and, and the weeds pop up, as, as things get choked out of the busyness of our world and our lives, God, Lord, may it go deep in our souls. We never, no, never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you stand and worship with us? Let this be a time, maybe you need to sit back down. If you need to respond in some way, this is the time where you respond to the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Scent.